When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dungeon Damsels, everyone. <laughs> this is our 5e homebrew game run by me, Tiffany, your dungeon master. So let's do intros. Alright, I am Luna, and I have a lot of HP, and I am proud of that. <laughs> hey, your best pally life. Yeah, okay. I got tough, so now I have 100 HP. Oh. Exactly. Snap. A bit of a min-maxing? Uh, maybe, yeah. Especially, emphasis on the min. Uh, the min adds flavor. Then Michael. Hi, I'm Ellie, our, our um, resident druid, and I got half of that HP, and I'm feeling proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at Robosardi on Twitter and Instagram. I do art. And sometimes I do art for this channel. Yeah, he did the logo. Yeah. And Kristen. Me. Hi. I'm Kristen. I play Kayanthi. She's part cleric, part monk, 100%, doing her best. I'm on Twitter at Starry Sunset. And good luck finding me. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hmm. What do you do? What do I do? I do this. And who did you have to kill for that handle? Thank you. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Serena. Hi, I'm Serena. I play Kiara, who plays the drums in the band. I'm kidding. She's a drow eldritch knight, and you can find me and all of my chaotic arting, if I update ever again, at uh, Pixiepocalypse on Twitter like. and Slothy Claws on Instagram. Hey. Hey. All right, we'll just jump into it. Okay, there is a tense moment as the group of you all stand around the corpse of Avelios and watch it fizzle into ash. Ellie, you know when Griotriot is near. As you see her hover over Keonthi like a living cloak and smile with uh, glee, almost, as uh, the spirit of Avelios is absorbed by Keonthi and in turn by her. And he lies still. I would wait for him to come back. <laughs> I mean, if he came back as a dragon, what, what else can he come back as? We don't know. But then the land rolls with a ripple of moment. And the air begins to hum. Everyone needs to make dexterity saves. Oh man, started off hot. Here we Dex are. save, dex save. I'm feeling confident with my 19 HP. <laughs> That's a natural too. <laughs> 
I got, I got 17. Anyone within 10 feet of me, you get plus 5. That's plenty. I think I'm oh. within 10 feet of you. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. I am, but it's, it's not gonna matter too much. I rolled a 19, plus 2, plus 5. So that is... Good. Math. <laughs> yeah. It's like, anyone with a 9. I rolled... So with uh, Luna's bonuses, I rolled a nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there. Oh. Yeah, anyone with a nine fails. <laughs> you take uh, some bludgeoning damage about six. Then uh, the all. rest <laughs> of the party is shaken and two fall over. So Deirdre is, is not Dexy, so she falls over and so does Theron, our resident asthmatic. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Then, as quickly as it came, the quake is gone. You stand and look around and see your party members gathering themselves. Uh, you look around and see the gnarled thorny trees of the Shadowfell coil around you. This clearing seems to have lost its ability to feels like home. be a haven now that the trees of the Druid Gods were felled. The area is still unpleasant, but nothing else seems to be stirring. So, make your nature checks now. First for fun. Yeah. Perception checks? Nature. Hans doesn't smell anything, does he? Hans is quiet. Hans. He's not acting. I think I perceive everything with my six, and nature is... Intelligence? Three. Yeah, it's intelligence. I got nine. <laughs> I got 17. Hey, I perceive I the world. Finally. I got a nine as well. I'm rolling nice. really good on my nature, doing druid stuff like I should. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 21. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> you look around, um, you see just the upheaval of the earth. Um, you don't see a creature. Is that natural seismic activity? Yeah, so you just, you know, think it's a normal seismic natural thing. There's nothing to indicate otherwise. Um, but you know, it's Shadowfell, so it's a strange place. Maybe maybe this is a normal occurrence in the Shadowfell. I'm more uncomfortable than I usually am now that Hans is my friendly backpacker, what? or uh, <laughs> or just what? slightly more comfy. Would Ellie know about the Shadowfell? Well, Ellie might know something about the Shadowfell. You can make, uh... What would that fall under? Arcana? Yeah, make an Arcana check. Ooh, okay. I'll give you some guidance, because I'm sure I have- I've heard- I might have heard something, maybe, in my past life as well, that, like... Mm-hmm. Oh. And maybe so if my ancestors, slash descendants. Oh, okay. Sixteen. <laughs> You look around and see that the Shadowfell and the Feywild are like... This is kind of how you feel, actually. It's like a, it's an intuitive thing. If they feel like they're like two halves of the same coin, they kind of exist codependently. So you're like dipping into the Shadowfell isn't like too crazy of an idea. Um, if they're if they are like are essentially, essentially the same plane. You also see that there are parts of the material plane that are like kind of leaking in. And, like, you recognize certain plants. Think of it like watercolors. One end, you have one color, say blue, and the other end, the canvas is red. And when you mix the two, you get varying hues of purple. 
So if you're in the purple, the trees acted as this kind of anchor to the material plane. And now that the trees are dead, the area is unstable and things are just blurring together and you don't know what will happen. After that moment, um, while Ellie is, you know, determining this, Ellie, uh, Ellie, Kayathi, your sword hums in your hands and slowly starts to wind down. And so does your adrenaline rush as your body sways under the weight, uh, uh, your own weight and lethargy blackens the sides of your vision and locks your body with um, everything that is going on you sort of tense up uh, and and almost fall over Aravan firmly holds you to his side as you recover but the power of the sword and absorbing the dragon soul has worn you seconds. out you take a point of exhaustion am I able to speak? yeah in six seconds you can collect yourself okay Alright. Yeah, so like being a vessel for Briotriot takes a lot out of you, and additionally you were basically a sieve for the soul of an ancient dragon that was just beyond your comprehension. So you shudder on like a spiritual level by just the sheer magnitude that stands between your mortal soul and the soul of this dragon and the presence of a goddess. Okay. So basically, it's a lot. I mean, I, I, that was monstrous, so yes. There is a subtle win. That. Write that down. Thank you. Thank you for giving me consequences. They were lovely. Oh, I do love my consequences. <laughs> there is a subtle wind that blows by, and from the ashes of Avelios, you can see a locket minting. I grab it. No, I don't know. <laughs> Am I closest? Are, are you the closest? Are you? Sure. I don't uh, think so. Whoever's closest, grab it. I'll grab it if I'm closer. But it doesn't matter. Me touch dragon carcass. Sure. You reach down into the ash remains. The object within the ash pile is the amulet that Abelios had around his neck. The amulet is wooden with a cord made of fine silk. Upon inspection, you see that the wood is made of apple tree and set into a, in the wood is a bluish-white, uncut celestite. Around the wooden edges, there are spells in primordial and in a language you don't know, but some of the symbols are similar to undercommon. None of it's abyssal, is it? No, it's not abyssal. Okay. I can see the uh, Sylvan, I can see the Abyssal, I can see Common and Undercommon, but... I know Primordial. Hey. <laughs> Party. Yeah. If you want, you can pass it to me. Yep. Yeah, so you turn it over in your hands, look at it, and examine the Primordial markings, and it, Primordial doesn't translate super well to begin with, because I, fundamentally, the ideas are represented mm -hmm. differently. But basically, you get bound... Uh, unground and bind so is something bound to the amulet or like what's the stone that is being bound you are not entirely sure but you can feel free to make an arcana check sure I'm about it can I make an I'm arcana so check on Jellistar sure okay I rolled a nine <laughs> I rolled a six in all for Arcana and Celestite. As far as I know, it's really good for my Amazon shopping cart and giving me a 2% deal. <laughs> a discount. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much know that Celestite is just used in spells. Is that it? 
Hmm, not the soul, is it? <laughs> huh? Huh? It's not his soul, is it? Oh, hopefully not. Then we gotta break it. <laughs> Get our hammer. <laughs> we have things to smash. <laughs> you, and I suppose your PCs wouldn't know, but apart apart from Ellie, uh, that Kayanthi absorbed the soul for Briochuk to keep. So you can, you know, we can relatively determine that it's probably, if there is something in it, it's probably not his soul. <laughs> can I ta cast Detect Magic on it? Yeah. Okay. You uh, cast Detect Magic, you examine it, and you can determine that it's a magical item, but it's like, Inactive, essentially, like it's in like sleep mode. And Deirdre comes over and looks at it. And says, "Oh, well, do you mind if I look at it?" Yeah, sure, go for it. So she pulls out <laughs> someone who does research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> actual researcher. So she pulls out like a, a jeweler's lens and examines it. You can see her excitement. Uh, she's trying to contain it as she's big grin. Now is not the time to be happy, but, uh... <laughs> and she casts uh, her own identify on it, and then pulls out another lens to, you know, a, a, be careful. a thicker lens to examine it, muttering, What an elaborate piece. Kinda wish I hadn't killed him now. Huh. She explains that this is a phenomenal piece because Avelio successfully merged two fundamentally different magics together. Then she says, well, I think I know what it does. This amulet takes uh, souls, or energy actually would work too, and stores it inside the locket. Then upon death it automatically releases the energy of the said soul to make a new body for the host. Uh, in this case, as she like traces her finger along the, the markings. In this case, Avelio, so that... Uh, th anyway, that's why he was able to reincarnate after we had killed him first the first time. Oh, snap. Hmm. So he's not dead yet? Oh, no, he's quite dead. There's no soul inside currently. Should I see how it's white? Mm. Right. So, so we don't have to go break in something else that's rather nice. No, you don't. Please. No, no. It's considerate of him? She can just kicks yeah. the ass. Might have been brilliant, but good riddance. I hope it doesn't come back. I can hope so. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, yes. Kiara says, Cheers, and then looks around and then decides, now's probably the time to go make sure Kian is okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you you can look for Kian. I think he popped out of the woodwork a little bit and he's like, oh man, that was awesome! <laughs> yeah, he's, he's easy totally to find. Wicked. He's scurrying all over. That good. He looks at the dragon ash pile. There's some bones that are still kind of melting or disintegrating. And then he looks at the trees and, you know, bursts into an excited reach. He goes, wow, you, you caught fire from your hands and you flew over the sky. You were running on a horse. Oh, this is really awesome. Um, and then after that, you know, while he's going on this spree, there is a cracking sound as the final crystal that you didn't break shatters. And out steps this oh, human yeah. guy. The human male is, he has blonde hair and tan skinned, and he's built pretty well, like he's um, athletic. Says, hi, I'm, I'm Lucian. Hi, Lucian. I'm like their childhood friend. He gestures at the Meliomnes. Hello. Basically adopted me. So, 
So, do you, are you, do you have like dark magics, or are you also a druid, or? Um, well, I trained to be a guard at the estate. Since Abelios kept them there at one point, but eventually he set them away. He kept me in a dungeon as collateral to be clearing the caravan to you know them behave and. It gives a thumbs up, but now I'm free, so thanks for that. That was that was great. And then he awkwardly gives all of you a big bear hug and says, "Pretty fit for a vacation, aren't you now?" Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely want to go to like a beach or something. Well, we have to get out of this place first. Yeah, that's or good to hear the... that we'll be able to help you out and get you free. Or maybe there's beaches in the Feywild. Yeah, if you're into the Feywild, sure, Maybe you can just... stick around as long as you like. Looks around and nods, like, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> all things considering, it's better it's than a crystal. <laughs> Bro, that's nice. He's just in a state of, I'm glad to be alive and anything is I better. Like... I think you'd get along with your brother, just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm Wait still, like, clutching my side from, like, the encounter that we had, and I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. And I, like, turn towards, like, Luna, I'm like, he's rather chipper for being imprisoned and being, I mean, basically being in a dungeon with this necromancer dragon for who, who knows how many years. Luna just kind of like looks Ellie up and down and be like, yeah, yes he, yes he is, and just kind of pats her shoulder again and gives you another 15 HP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling better too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that chipperness feeling might be relief. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucian goes over and, and greets the Meliomnes, and they, you know, he he's excited to see Nualia. Um, they talk uh, for a little bit, and they just kind of fall into conversing and reconnecting. And then mid conversation, Aragon says, "Shut up, I'm." Lucian, I got. I'm getting a message. You know, kind of makes that face where like yeah. you're shocked, a little bit shocked to get something. And Aravind talks back aloud. He says, okay, good to know. Uh, I'm stuck in the Feywilds with my friends. Can you help? Also, my father is, is dead. <laughs> and he looks to the group. Okay, well, news. Mom woke up from her, her coma. So that That's good. Nualia nods. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And Theron frowns. How? So How are you feeling about that? <laughs> oh, yeah, mom is like a big time sorceress, by the way. And everyone just sort of goes, what? Yeah, why do you think Daryl Pops bothered marrying a human? She's from a long line of hidden time ages. Chronomancers, I think. But the thing is, it only passed from female to female, so she used your magic to away my magic abilities. And she pulls out her daggers. So I tried to do other things after I was sent away. Anyway, Mom also sealed away Tarina's powers. Maintaining the spell to hide our powers took so much energy from her that it put her in a coma. And I like I like found out that after I was also like kicked out of the house. So when Tria left this plane, died. Uh, the well, when her banshee spirit died, I guess the spell broke, and she woke up. Yeah. The Vermeers took Mom to their homestead in the Arcanic Empire, and Rierkar just messaged me and informed that she was up. Noalia pops up and says, Yeah, I mean, a lot of Vermeer taught me how to shoot a bow and survive and stuff, but I don't know what happened to her if she's now with Rierkar. 
as soon as she mentions a lot, I just go, oh. Awkward. She's kind of like, yeah, I don't. Do you have any ideas? I don't know who that is. Uh, Kira just stares at her table. I don't know who that is. a portal and then never got back to us about it. So you've seen her? So we haven't seen her recently. We she's. We just know she started in Toral, and I think she was following a- was it a devil or a demon? Yeah, basically, she was tracking two demons, made a deal, double-crossed him, had a fight, and then during the fight, she was accidentally taken over into the Boric of Nualia listens and goes, huh, well, we'll put a- put a pin in that one. Definitely, the pin is superseded by getting out of here, I imagine. <laughs> Got a lot of pins on that board. Yeah. Yeah, so while you're you know, settling down, recovering, the, the Billy Albany kids kind of just discuss amongst themselves what their next <clears throat> steps are going to be. Uh, Theron is apprehensive about being mom. Oh, no. And uh, Erevan and Nualia are like, well, we got to figure out the estate first, so it's okay. We'll do that first. And then in the distance, you can hear... A bark. It's our blank doggo. Come here, baby! Come here! <laughs> there is a rustling of leaves as the barking grows louder and louder. Lucian looks around, pretty concerned. Then a purple blink dog leaps out from the brush and jumps onto Lucian. <gasps> she immediately licks him and begins to wag her tail uh, excitedly and do the little dog dance as she jumps around. Oh, why, hello! Who's this? This is Piper. Uh, she's one of our uh, volunteers for um, guiding the children to the, uh, the children. Uh, Elendril village. village. So, sir, thanks, Elendril. Ellie, Elendril, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eladrin. Oh, she's pretty excitable. with her. She loves it. Earth MP, babe. Sure. You yes. hear tar- Targi calling. Piper. Time to come back. Did you find the girls? And there's this, again, crunching of leaves, and um, in the distance you can hear Targi calling over and over, and Piper then looks to you and barks. Um, Ellie, you know she's saying, come. So you you run into Targi with all the kids who are just sort of like hanging on his limbs and some of them are better at hiding than others. Some of them look a little green from the motion sickness. <laughs> and then Chewie and Maka poke their heads out from the folds of the leaf beard. Yay, you're back! Blends oh. right in with the leaves. You see Rashad, who's like the builder kid, sort of rolls off Targi's beard and onto the ground like a little puddle of a child and then flops on the ground. I think I want to walk myself. Moss is crying, Jinta wearily pats her back. Oh, is, is Kane okay? And you are now reunited with your full group of 17 individuals. <laughs> Party of Piper, Targi, Maka, Tui, Jinta, Rashid, Moss, Kian, Lucian, Nualia, Theron, Erevan, Deirdre, Kayambi, Luna, Ellie, and Kiara. For a total of 17 people. We got a little village walking, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep, we got our own village. Indeed, you do. With us. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to set up camp here? Uh, how, how far away is? Yeah. Uh, you still have about a half a day. 
And it's getting dark, and the Shadowfell are out. It's, I mean, it's already morning, actually. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, you've been out all night, because you went to the mansion, and then you ran into a Valios, oh. and then you killed him, so. Been partying all night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any other plane I would want to just power through, but. Yeah, not not here, I agree. Perhaps it's time we just rest for long. Yeah, we, we had a long day. Mm-hmm. We fought a dragon like twice. Kara we looked about. Kara <laughs> looked about to power through, and then noticed like one of the kids is like, "Uh, please help me stop." And it's like, <laughs> Maybe. We were attacked by Luna's house. We were. I was attacked by Bread. We were attacked by a dragon. And a lot of things just have it out for us. We made Greenpeace angry. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, easily enough, you just, um, you can find a clearing in the Feywilds, and you put up a, a camp, and you put Targi at, like, one end, and then set up your bedrolls, and have make sure all the kids are okay, and tuck them in, and so you are able to lie down, and, um, take your rest. Describe, you know, Luna, what does it look like? Does she have a, a like, a... Gosh. A nightly routine that she does. What's that like? Yeah, she probably does like have a cream or something that she puts on her face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or a serum. But um, and I think she does like just her bedroll probably does have like one of those like attached pillows. That's nice. Uh, other than that, then she um goes and prays to her ancestors or descendants. Now this is really weird for her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, my brother, and my ancestors. Ancestors. Hmm. <laughs> Ascendance sounds a little better. Ascendance sounds like transcendence. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So I prayed my ascendance. <laughs> I mean, you're more Luna than Linnea. Okay. So yeah, you lay down, you slough your armor off, the beautiful sky above you, and you drift to sleep. You dream of the daffodil meadow where you see many shining faces glisten in the warm dream light luna we're proud of you ancestors gather around you decestors gather around you and express excitement and laud you kira smiles and winks at you lioness claps your back good job kid Stuna's <laughs> proud kid I mean, you killed a dragon. Yeah. Come on. I mean, that was pretty awesome. I know. <laughs> like, when you came in with your rapier and just taught me to stab the dragon in the back a couple times and just finished it off with the moonbeam and just, oh, just clap. Good work. Good work. Okay. Was, yeah, I never went around you. So was like, yeah, that was, that was good. Yes, clapping. <clears throat> You're doing well with your tenants. Indeed. And apart from that, Valios has pretty much always been a pain. Even back in my day. Glad that ancient hack was finally kicking the bucket. Do I remember him? Sought sanctuary with him, and he said no. So this man, guy yes. sucks. Sorry, um... <laughs> oh yeah, he was mean to, like, everyone. A lot of energy to be terrible for that long. Yeah. So then Lioness approaches you again, and he stills the crowd. Well, we think you're ready for some training. And after that, these two women approach you, and uh, one says, Hi, I'm your great aunt Maple. What? <laughs> I mean, Maple, sorry. Um, he's, they're Lioness's siblings, I think? Maple and Astrid, I think. 
Yeah, he had two sisters. So this is one of them. And then she found this super cool lady that she wanted to be with. So here they are. And they're both uh, lithy and athletic. Yeah, and, and you remember them as Linnea. My girls! My do daughter and daughter-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Yes, as Linnea, you remember them fondly. They're very funny. And as Luna, you remember them from the funeral vision. What's cute is you get to call them your daughties for short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You remember Maple and how uh, you taught her yourself in a vague memory of Linnea's? She, Maple spins the rapier in her hands and grins. Hey, I got a few tricks I can show you. And the rapier quickly turns into a scimitar. She flicks that around and says, We should brush up on curved blades, too. We can't have you embarrassing us now, can we? After that, her wife, Serena, approaches you with books in both arms. Oh, boy. So, uh, she's a petite brunette with green eyes. Well, we better get started, Luna. There's a lot to cover here. You get started with your lessons with Maple and uh, hammer out footwork, and after that, we will shift our attention over to Ellie. Michael, what does Ellie do to get ready for bed? Um, I take out my bedroll. It's, as everyone expects, it's filled with leaves, filled with various plants. Mm, I see. And it's like a it looks kind of moss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like a bed of moss. It's just various plants that I have like collected throughout our like travels. You know, like and it just, just reminds me of um back when I lived at Hillock and would just spend spend the days just like lying in the forest, like just hanging out, like speaking with like the spirits. So like my my tent setup is always kind of very simple. It's I very rarely sleep in a tent. I just sleep in a bag out in the stars. Yeah, so you lie down, settle into the grass bedding, and you look and you see this big uh, just tapestry of stars stretching across the sky. Here you see different constellations, and there's that um, kind of like different colors in the sky aurora things no it's like the different gases in the sky that make the kind of like blues and purples and you know it's you can see them in, in space and you can also see them in the Feywild. and um so you look at that and just bask in the beauty of, of the Feywild. and you, you try to settle down and you hear you hear uh, a, a soft crying as a uh, baby Maz is not happy, she's upset over something, and poor Jinta is just shaking, it's racking her in different ways, trying to get her to calm down, and it's just not working. Here, here can I, um, can I help them out a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay, after many, many a times, um, seeing, uh, Luna being able to um, <clears throat> help people through her um, through her casting and I'm like don't worry you got this and I'm gonna put my hand on their back and I'm going to cast guidance Oh, yay <laughs> okay alright yeah so mm -hmm. 
You see Jinta, the magic goes and, you know, coalesces around your hand and sinks into Jinta's form. Add a d4. Alright, roll. Okay. <laughs> so, at first Jinta was rocking too much. Really jittery. And then she was rocking too little. And then there wasn't enough mount, so... With the guidance in mind, she's able to go right in the middle and get a nice... Just right motion for baby moss to settle. <laughs> and after that, things are quiet again. You, know, you hear, um, you know, the animals and, and bugs making their night nighttime noises, like your equivalent of crickets here. And um, is there anyone else that you want to talk to? Party. Uh. No, not really, no. Okay, yeah, that, that's fine. So we'll just have you, um, yeah. settle and sleep, um, trance. So you fly peacefully down and, um, begin your trance. But then during the middle of uh, your trance, you wake up because you feel something on your, um, your back. And you wake up and you find this array of nuts and berries and they've all been wrapped in like leaves and twine and made to look like little gifts and you notice that your um the thinner strands of leaf hair you have have been braided these plants weren't in my bedroll i look through the plants that I, that's actually in my bedroll and i look at the plants that's like underneath my bedroll. i'm like huh those aren't mine no they're not can you leave this here <laughs> Make a wisdom check. Just general wisdom? Yeah, just general wisdom. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's a... That's a 21. Okay, great, yeah. You, um... Focus into the area, and... You feel... This is more with, like, your inner eye, so to speak, that you see with the forest. You look and you see within like the trees and leaves and vines and branches there are little faces that appear and they call to you saying we recognize you as the heir of spring the heir of spring yep they said the heir of spring do you, do you, so you know me but i don't know you of course we know you there's not very many there aren't very many heirs of spring are there. But I've never been in the Feywild. I was born in the material plane. Huh. That's strange. Why are you born there? Yeah, no one's born there. No one interested in born there anyway. Maybe she's special because she wasn't born there. Oh. Maybe she was born there because she's the heir of spring. What does that mean, air of, air of spring? Is it because... And I like kind of like stroke my hair. Are you talking about because of what I am? And I like kind of like... Draw the silhouette of my ears and stroke my hair. Like the very obvious Eladrin parts of me. Did you hear that? She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know. How funny it is to not know oneself. Haven't you spoken to yourself before? Aren't you, aren't you the person that you spend the most time with? 
And yeah, at that moment, I reflect back in that, um, I would say Ellie actually hasn't. She's, she's a social person, but she's always very outward. She's never very inward. I guess I haven't, well, how do you talk to yourself? I mean, that's kind of weird. What would you even say to yourself? I guess I'd say anything I'd want at all. Because then maybe I'd get to know me. I'd ask myself the most absurd questions. <laughs> they chitter and giggle. <clears throat> well, I suppose it didn't matter. Just follow your guardians. So your, your spirit friends, all except Umpteer, all appear to have a physical form. But you hadn't really noticed because they didn't appear apart from being like see-through little light things. So you really have to look at them to notice. But here they take on a physical form. I'm sorry if I would continue here, but after doing more research on fairy lore, it made sense to me to have the forest spirits that Ellie has actually be a type of fairy. So here they manifest as mm -hmm. true fairies. No, I think I think you're good. I don't think we've ever really described what they look like outside of just uh, globules of light. Yeah. Pip says, "Yeah, we're your guardians. Your um." Your mom uh, told us to protect you and guide you on your journey, um, but she didn't give us a lot of instructions. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, nope, she my, really didn't. No, really? I don't remember any. My mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But, uh huh. And then you, who who is she? Oh, she's the most wonderful person. Oh, she made us. Yeah, I was. Yeah, she's great. We like her a lot, but um. She didn't want us to tell you who she was because she didn't feel like you'd be ready. Until I'm ready for what? Does this have to... Does this have to do with Ulamaze? Yeah. He's supposed to teach you, um... I don't remember. It's been a long time. So, it wasn't you that was sending me. It was my mom? Well, we were sent also... By your mom. She gave us instructions to guide you to Ulumaze when you were old enough because I think she wanted you to have a fun childhood and not worry about it so much until you had to. Well, it's it, it's so great to finally. I mean, I feel like we talk all the time, but it's so great to hear you and I try to hold their little hands. Oh, they all, all of them reach for you. Yeah. They are very happy to have a subject change and they will whirl around you and giggle and like poke at the the flowers in your hair and then also like just erupt into, yeah, me too, we're so glad, and, you know, we can actually like touch and interfere and, and, and talk and I can use my voice. Yeah, no, I guess I'm just, I'm just hanging out and just talking with them because now they actually have physical forms, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're excited. You're excited. I think what Ellie would be doing is having a fairy tea party and taking little flowers as offering it to them. That's really cute. Yeah, okay. So you bring them little like buds for cups and have little leaves for saucers. I mean, I know we did this when I was like younger, but now we can actually do it because now you have hands oh yeah we do and they they talk amongst themselves about how they do in fact have hands now and then they 
hold their cups aloft and fly over to a mushroom to go and use as a table. They excitedly chat with you and talk about stuff they've always wanted to say, and now they actually have, like, you know, mouths and words to say it with. And then uh, Deirdre approaches you and she says, I got some letters for you, lassie. About 17 of them. From, from who? Well, um, a certain young arcanic boy comes to mind. I instantly go red. <laughs> Kenny was writing? I... But I don't have a house. <laughs> well, that's why he was sending them to me. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and from what I heard, it's a... takes a pretty coin to sneak it across borders. And get it to cross over to my house all the way over in the matriarchy, undetected. So, you did that 17 times, so I, I, I'd say you ought to write the poor boy back. You know, he writes pretty dense letters as she holds one, like, envelope aloft. Oh. <laughs> read it, leave him on read. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's, for any malice, just, just forgetfulness. Like you know, like in Messenger where it says, has sent, seen message, seen message, seen message. Nothing he said. doesn't even get that, so he's like, uh, are these, are these getting anywhere? So the lawyers are, I don't even know if you're getting these. I'm not getting any of them returned. <laughs> so w what I do is, um, I cast Dancing Lights. But I just imagine that, like, my spirit friends who are, have a little bit more of a corporeal form just kind of light up just, like, a little bit more than they usually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And, and I'm just going to lie down, like, you know, just, like, on my belly, my legs kicked up over over my head, very classic sleepover style, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to read the letters. Okay. Well, there's plenty. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, here's Excellent. here's the file. There's there's seventeen. There's there's more. <laughs> Progressively. This I mean, he's been writing very DM. You get handwritten letters seventeen times. Gosh, I get, I get handwritten letters from my pretend boyfriend from my real wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, best of worlds. So he has plenty. I mean, how many do you want me to read? Um. Uh, just, just so we don't take up too much time, maybe read, like, one of them? Yeah. yeah I would just do one. And then I, I'm just going to be sitting For here the first and eyeing. And then just send the rest to him, and he'll be yeah. like... <laughs> I'm just going to be ooing and eyeing during everyone else's scenes. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, they're pretty short, so I'll read more than one. Gosh. Tiffany. <laughs> making me blush <laughs> here's uh, a recent one to Miss Ellie I hope you're in good health and are safe the verdict is in we're being demoted and assigned grunt work till things clear one government guy not sure who wanted to hand us over to the drow Emperor Arteus refused and countered that given the circumstances we did very well but the other branches wouldn't hear it we made a mess and someone else has, has to be blamed for it Eventually, they settled on demoting us and returning some pals to appease the matriarchs. Demotion means I'll have to pass a few exams again. I think it worked out pretty well, as given how embarrassing the whole ordeal was. <sighs> Captured, exposed, paraded, chased from the city, caught in one of our 
allies fell. We caused an international scandal. Farius is quietly furious in his own way. As for me, I plan to return to mom and tell her the situation. Anxious to hear back, Kanaris. So, those of you who don't remember, or actually just weren't even here, this is a reference to the Toral arc, where the party at the time, that consisted of Adlana, Tarina, Elendriel, Kayanthi, and Luna, encountered Canaris, Farius, and Narte within Toral. They were undercover. Canaris uh, uh, was captured by the Worm Region, and then rescued by the party, and then the three of them fled with the remainder of the party, resulting in Tarina's death. And this is the aftermath back at home for him. Oh, wait. Can you pause just really quick? I need the power cable. What it looks like in-game is that Ellie is reading, and then, like, uh, she accidentally, like, drops the letters. Like, as she's, like, flipping the page, she's like, <laughs> Yeah, as she's reading, there's just this big gust of wind that goes by and just shoves all the papers into the air, and she's just going, no, 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 And she tries to reach for them and collect them all. Buffering, buffering. <laughs> Here's another letter. Dearest Ellie, I often think of you when the moon rises and I often think of you when the moons rise and drift in the sky and wonder if we are looking at the same moons. My remedial classes are boring, but it doesn't hurt to brush up on the procedures and laws. Farius has already passed the written exam and is training for the stamina test, stamina test, which is kind of funny since his stamina is pretty low. He just knows how to do things without exerting very many energy. His comments bad. That's why. But I do get to run with him in the evenings and hold out a and hold out a little for him to keep up. Another thing we've been doing together is going to the archery range. Farius takes his son down a few times to try and I come to brush up on archery. It's honestly not my strongest suit. I wish I could see you, or that my feels could reach you. Canaris Bluebo. I send here's another one. Dear Miss Ellie, I send my affection to you but. and hope that you are in good health. I haven't heard anything back, but I hope to hear her soon. I've settled back into a new routine. I stay in the Deliba clan barracks in the eastern part of the city. My, my mother wakes around the same time. Together we go hunting on our animal farms to both feed hunger to feed both hungers and then return home. Mother's form is a white dog. She had a uh, a white dog growing up. And uh became attached to it. I, the animal I bonded to was obviously also a white dog. His name was Sparks, and after Sparks came from my, after the Sparks that came from my mother's workshops, Sparks shop wasn't afraid of the Sparks. It actually kind of a bit of a problem since he tried to eat them. Sparks was adopted by my mom Commentary. when I was young, but being long lived yeah. makes some experiences bittersweet. Sparks is laid to rest under the trees back where he liked to sunbathe. Sparks was a good boy. We have another dog now. Her name is Roro. She's a retired hunting dog from the Deliba clan, but technically, um, uh, that the Deliba clan technically owns. But her hunting days are over, and she lies out in the sun while mom works out inside the shaded windows. The rest of my days consist of remedial training and labor. The clan was embarrassed by my almost causing a war between the Arcanic Empire and the Draw Matriarchy, so I have been assigned a lot of manual labor and cleaning duty. My cousins keep teasing me about it. I hope to hear from you soon. Canaris. Next up, Kayanthi. Well, on the way of setting up this camp, um, this is around, this is a little bit after, you know, Aravan dipped me into a kiss. 
And uh, so we're still a little buzzy from that, you know? And um, I don't know, I don't think, I don't imagine that Kanthi would know exactly what to do in a situation like that. But she's probably just like, kind of like, hanging next to Aravind as much as she can. She's like, I don't know what else to say, but you know, that was nice. I'm gonna stay here, you know? Um, but so... And plus she's, you know, she has that point of exhaustion, so I don't expect her to be, like, reaching out and, like, helping out. She's probably just gonna be, like, taking the deep breath, doing maybe, like, a bit of her meditation, you know? The little movement steps. Probably doing that. Um, taking a break. Yeah, and then she'll probably only does it for, like, a little bit to kind of, like, continue to calm her nerves, but she's exhausted, you know? So I think as soon as she's able and willing, she will lay down in her neatly laid out bedroll that's like perpendicular perfectly to the fire and trees and everywhere because you know gotta stay organized um and she's going to just lay down and close her eyes and maybe just be like a say good night especially to Ervan just before I probably just not you know just kind of be like a shoulder squeeze and and just go you know yeah he'll lean right into that shoulder squeeze and look at you and smile and then go so that was that, that was n- nice. I mean, I I liked that. Um, does that mean we're we're like a thing? Um, are we not a thing? Should should we talk about this? Okay. So with the little rambling he's doing, Kathy's just gonna kiss him on the cheek. I'm going to bed. We'll talk later. Good night. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we can talk about this later. <laughs> Settled. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so the next what happens is he he goes away and he gives you a little wave and lets you rest and as you trance your mind slips into a meditative space and you enter a vision with the painting room. You see the long room with all the portraits finely crafted to everyone's likeness. Faces you have not seen in years but know. Thranian and Samira's portraits are next to each other. They sit next to a lantern with a, with a flickering light. The sound of feathers flutters behind you, and you see Briotriacht in her humanoid form. But less human and more alien than before. Her face is narrower and more aquiline. Her arms are slightly longer than an elf or human woman's. Long nails and a gaunt feature. Her form is wreathed in a shadowy coiling darkness similar to a robe it clings to her and it seems to bend the reality around the immediate space your ability to see truth is expanding your world reality is growing before you only wanted to see beautiful things now you want to see more. Um, well, Kathy, as soon as she sees, um, Brochuac, she's gonna do her usual, like, you know, her bow. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Of course. It's, it's honorable. Yeah. All this stuff. Um, I imagine, because she was able, Kathy was able to see Brochuac's physical form back when she was, you know, nailed to the trees back along the way first yeah. before. So, she's not, like, too startled with the shift in her view. Uh, what she looks like, because she's seen the actual form of Briotrick, right? Yes, she has. Yeah, exactly. So she's just kind of is humble. And uh, hearing what uh, Briotrick has said about how the ability to perceive truth has been growing, um, she just kind of 
blows her, blows her head and nods. There's a lot that I've been avoiding. And she kind of looks at her hands that used to be all gloved up and white and now have the markings of Rio Trek on them. It's about time my eyes match my hands, I suppose. This is your mind. It is trying to tell you something. She swishes and her shadowy robes as she steps aside. She had been blocking a pale yellow light. It washes over you and it's too bright at first to... So you look down at your feet and notice that the shadow isn't normal. You rotate around and see that your shadow is being pulled apart in two directions. One leads to the bust of your grandfather, Eorthander, and the other leads to a small statue of Tarina. You haven't forgiven yourself of the tragedy of Tarina, have you? I'm... I'm aware that, really, in the end it wasn't my fault. And... Well... I wouldn't say that I haven't forgiven myself for her death. I feel as though I've been able to manage exactly how I feel, but maybe I don't forgive myself for not being able to forgive myself. I, I feel like I should be stronger, more focused, more, more, and never enough. And I feel, well, I don't know how to feel. But I'm glad that Tarina has found and chosen peace versus everything that she's been up against so far. Does that mean that you've lost your desire to call her back from the cauldron? Hmm? She had the choice to stay. She chose to go. Tarina perished under my <laughs> sphere of influence, and therefore her soul was forfeit. I merely let her linger because of her delightful sense of wrath. When her father was slain, the bargain we struck was fulfilled, and I collected. She can come back. How? Do you doubt my ability to call forth my own souls? They rest in my cauldron, child. No, it's it's not that. She she bows again because obviously she kind of misspoke there. Um, it's not that I doubt your abilities. I just. I doubt the possibilities. I, as you said, I don't perceive as much truth as I should. So I suppose, if, if Tarina wants that, that's what I want. I don't want to push more of my will onto someone who's unwilling. That's more my grandfather's style. Even as a wrathful spirit, her sole desire was to return and be with her brothers. I don't see her turning away the chance to come back. Truly. But I also know I need more strength to do that. Well, and given time, you may learn to channel my powers more efficiently. You will have to learn to do so anyway, if you wish to wield the Sword of Ages. It is from an ancient time, and it is hard on the mind. As you are currently, you are not ready. And therefore, will need to undergo training, or, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, a pilgrimage of sorts. You'll go to my temples and worship there. And in the meantime, the stewardship of the sword will be passed to another. At that, Campy just kind of chuckles and laughs. Isn't that how I started all this? <laughs> how fitting. 
You are just looking in the wrong places, child. Not all truths are for you. I suppose the whole of my life will be a pilgrimage reaching to a higher truth. Chasing the light rather than living in the shade. Well, you now have a full shadow with you. This will require you to go separately away from your friends. I know you have grown fond of them, but this is a path you must walk singularly. You mean just by their company? Because from what I know of my friends, even when we lose someone, they tend to stick around. Even just a memory. <laughs> yes, your bonds do connect you rather strongly. I'm sure you will find your way back to each other eventually. But hold on to these bonds. They will probably be your salvation if the fates have any opinion on that. You will face great challenges together, even apart. Even though you are apart, you will grow. As for now, go north, no, east, go east. East. <laughs> go east. <laughs> Not west, east. <laughs> yeast. What a twist! What a twist! Okay, we'll <laughs> All right, we're done. Back to and with that, the um, her voice fades, and the room begins to darken, and her shadowy form starts to just meld back into the walls as the, the feathers of her long wings flutter away in a and you are left with your own thoughts in your deep trance so here you are a deep breath that kind of shakes everything like <sighs> your aspiration it's like that little throws her. Mm. exasperation okay it's like an eyebrow waggle, but like with your shoulder, like, hmm. And you hear footsteps come up to you. Um, and, and I feel like at this point you'd recognize, like, kind of Aravan's presence uh, or gait. And he will we'll have him come over and then, um, I guess he'll just like show up and pace a little bit and then like turn and leave. <laughs> He should, no, he should be, like, kind of looking over me and tucking hair behind my ear before leaving. Okay, sure, yeah. He comes over, and then you feel just... Oh, yeah. The, he comes over and just gently wisps away <laughs> the uh, loose strands of your hair. And, um... Um... Yeah, and, and there's just little whispers. Araman tucks you in, and he says, I hope you found the help that you need, that you wanted, Kathy. And I suppose the person who's best to help would be the goddess of those who have lived beyond. And Briochak's voice comes back. Well, I suppose I could abide by your little boy toy coming too. True. Well, as much as I am loath to call him my boy toy, <laughs> if that's what he wants to do, then it can be done. I don't want to push my will on others, but I also need to accept the will of others. I can't keep thinking that I'm going to curse someone else with, well, perhaps I will. How are you feeling? You feel like cursing anyone lately? Oh, oh. 
someone here or there. Whoever deserves it, really. My other clerics are typically chasing up their dogmas and cultural ideals, which don't interest me or concern me. The drow can make up whatever theology they want. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but those who incur my wrath, well, I will make use of my clerics then. Goth mom is party mom. <laughs> I doubt you would ever truly leave me. And she bows again. Oh no, child. I've put far too much effort into your preparation. <laughs> Besides, there's the... I... There's, there's like a little pause. Okay. She says, I suppose it is nice to have your little antics amuse me. And uh, she, she goes fully. Next is Kiara. Um, she sets up. She writes for a little while because she likes to unpack everything that happens in her <laughs> little journal that she keeps. And... Um, when she's done, she know she like as she's about to close it, she kind of like remembers a little earlier how like Kian was kind of bummed that Aww. his little uh little plushy that his little thing as a uh, little wolf thing disappeared with the house. Oh yeah, he's he's a kid. He's sulking. And she kind of looks around quietly. and uh kind of rifles through her things and goes to enlist. One of the little guys. Which one is the craftiest little guy? Rashid. Rashid? Mm-hmm. Alright, cool. <laughs> yeah, Rashid's the crafty kid. He's over on, like, the left side of the camp with Jinta, and they're making, like, probably, like, little flower crowns and grass braids, and you can mm. see Jinta, like, braiding his hair as she braids her hair, and they make little, like, flower necklaces, and Rashid probably figured out, like, how to take grasses and like weave them together into like little baskets so they're just having like their own little like craft corner and making things with it and probably like integrating it into like targi's branches and making little necklaces she probably um enlists jinta too because there is some like amount of like mm -hmm. braiding and prettiness to it so it's like have a little wolf pup but maybe like braid in some flowers and Aww. pretty things onto it so she kind of like if they're not too tired she would like to enlist them into the potential crafting of a yeah. stuffed wolf i, <laughs> or, I think uh... i'm sure the kids would be interested in that you know Jinta immediately is like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. We could make our mm. little puppy and we could do all these things. You know, we could give a little collar. And, and then Rashid looks around and is like, well, what's the material? What? He gestures around. The Am I going to have to make like a like, cloth out of grass? Like, is that what we need to do? You know? Um, let's see. From a bag. I don't mind sacrificing some of the things that I have. <laughs> Right. Adventure pack. Let me go ahead and look that up. Or dungeon pack. Yeah, you should have like a dungeoneer's pack or an explorer's pack, and I know like, different things in them. But like, if you look around, I'm sure like some kid is gonna have extra material. You know. Oh, that's a really nice scarf you have there. Can uh, uh can we have a piece of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids are having an arts and crafts project. It's really cute. You know, for the children. It's fun. 
really hard for the four of the children thing. <laughs> and we'll say, like, across the board, like, you manage to get enough material to sort of, like, scrounge something together mm. for, like, this little wolf pup. I mean, it's probably gonna be, like, an obscure color, like, you know, pink or red or, or something. So, or, you know, a kind of a, a motley sort of grouping of patches. Yeah. But you have enough to, to do so. So. Is this performance or... Um... I would say that this is probably like a finesse sort of thing. I mean, I'm almost leaning towards intelligence because you have to know how to make patterns to be able to make something to sew, but that's too complicated. So we'll just go with sleight of hand or dexterity. Yeah, otherwise it all turns into like different pieces and then it becomes more of a horror project mm -hmm. than like a cute one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I love holding it. Ah! All right, so I'll go ahead and roll because my sleight of hand and my dexterity are both the same. Plus two. Sure, go for it. Mm. It's an 11 plus two. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you can tell that it's a quadruped and it's probably a dog. It's a little lopsided. Kara says a little accusingly at Luna, who is sleeping. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she, she rolls over where you see her beautiful tattoo, and, and you, then you look at the the plushie, and it like it's got a big like fat nose. <laughs> yeah, the muzzle is is huge, and then the feet also are swollen. Its paws look more like hooves at this point. It's yes, a round <laughs> cannot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Richard looks at it. And he's like, that doesn't look right. I think the there's too much fluff in the muzzle, and then the feet are. So he pulls that out, and then he looks at it again, and he's like, you know, there's something else wrong, you know, and like, they're looking over, at, like, the feet, and they look, like, almost swollen at this point. <laughs> well, now I see it. <laughs> yeah, you know, they sort of squint and look at it, and, like, there's still, like, one foot that is a little bit longer than the other, so they're kind of debating on whether or not they want to actually fix that, and then they, um, kind of... Jinta looks at it and says, well, maybe if we pinch the ears, it will look more like, um, like a wolf, you know, we somehow managed to make them more pointed. And so they, they kind of, like, play with that and, um, finagle a way to make it sort of work. And at this point, you can give it to Kian, so do you give it to him? Hmm. Yeah, I hand it off to him. <laughs> Alright, yeah, Kian's like a little bit of a loner, so he's off to the side, and he has his little, like, bed of leaves, and he yawns, he goes, Hey, uh, what are you doing here? You look like you're about to go to bed, so I figure you could use a companion since you lost yours at the house. It's like, uh, is it a dog? And he turns it over in his hands, and he's looking at it, and he's like, I don't really- Did- did you make this? Um, where'd it come from? Yeah, but it, like she, she sees the gears turn. She's like, "Oh, Rashid and Jinta helps." Oh, yeah, yeah. Those two, they could probably pull something like this off. And then he tucks the the wolf plushie under his arm, and he he probably likes it like way more than he lets on. He tries to act all tough, and he does. So, um, sorry, I went and got you know stuck in a mansion, but you know I. Did, did I do okay with, with the dragon fight? <laughs> I went 
I went and hid like you told me to. Yeah, she's just like, oh. Hmm. Good work. I get some sleep. It's <laughs> just like, yep. Well, mm -hmm. that is a thing that we did today. Now we're gonna go to bed. <laughs> Kiara and her like stiff, not sure how. Yeah, yep. Connections do. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Counts to five. Leaves. <laughs> Kian also like he was not raised by Drow, but he was raised by like a band of thieves. So he also does not know how to socialize. <laughs> they give each other like a weird little thumbs up, and then they just. Go yeah, 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 exactly. He just kind of gives you an awkward thumbs up. <laughs> good work, good work. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. And then he, he sort of like lowers himself into his little bed and kind of like looks at you and then slowly like turns around. <laughs> yeah. So, as Drow do, they depart awkwardly. Is there anything that you want Kiara to do? <laughs> before she kind of uh thumbs through the events of what's happened since they've entered the Feywild and because those are relatively like fond ones yeah it's pretty terrifying to have to fight a dragon and they go into a puzzle house talk to an owl and it was a uh, as usual, whenever Oculus gets, like, burnt up in the middle of battle, it's, like, kind of a bummer, but she's like, it's okay, we'll summon him again when we're awake. And she sort of just, like when she's writing, she sort of thumbs through all the things that she has done, like, in the past 24 hours to sort of make mental notes on things to improve. And the further back her mind ticks, the closer it gets to what happened before she left, because that was a particular stressful time. And she wonders how, um, how Lucius is doing and how she kind of left without telling him anything and how if he knows that he died or if anyone knows or if anything happened while he's so while she was away and how she kind of didn't really say bye because she's really bad at buys and then she kind of like thumbs back in through mom and then she's like oh i never even told her bye god i'm terrible at saying bye to people and she sort of just like has to halt her thoughts for a moment so she's just in a little mental like float where she's just like then she kind of thinks about her conversation with kayanthi briotriact <clears throat> And she just older than Briotria. Then she kind of thinks about her conversation with Kayanthi Briotriact. <clears throat> and she just older than Briotriact. Sort of just thinks on that. And because she's curious as to what she's invited into her mind, she kind of just thinks on where she ends and where it begins so she's sort of just if she's looking at her magic well she's kind of which one of these bricks lets out <laughs> which one of you's the guy <laughs> all right what does kiara's mind space look like is it a room is it like a group of people what does it look like i think her mind space is probably her room back in um when she was younger, kind of when she was in her apprenticeship, it's kind of like a small box type deal, stone floor, nice uh, embroidered rugs and things like that to sort of give it some color, but it's still quite muted. 
the only thing that really stands out are probably like sashes and stuff to indicate what age group or what mage group she's in as she goes through the different levels of training and learning. And it's a place where she felt was emotionally and uh, sound-wise very quiet, where she was able to sort of stew in her thoughts because she couldn't really extend any of her feelings or ideas outside of the room in case someone else found out. So her mind space is sort of a secure block. <laughs> so uh, in this mind space, you have your childhood and a mix of adulthood here. The walls are muted and you have a few things hanging on them to add pops of color. You have a collection of Ganny stones. You remember your collection of sashes from childhood and even into adulthood. You mm. plunge deeply into yourself, which is uncharted territory for Kiara. The space is black, but mostly due to it being unnavigated. As you press into yourself, you feel, or rather sense, the entity that you allowed in. Currently, it is indifferent to you, essentially. You can um, prod at it and... Oh, wow. Currently, the entity is indifferent, and as you prod at it, there's almost a mental backlash. You poke again, and the creature's attention turns to you. You feel a thousand invisible eyes stare at you from beyond the physical realm as the entity's hand reaches for you, and your sense of self seems to reject and recoil from it wholly. And when it all seems about to engulf you, there is a second voice. Child... You provoke things beyond you. You are pulled back into full waking to see Keonthi sitting across the campfire and just staring at you. <laughs> yeah, Keonthi looked at like, why? Like, <laughs> there's a wry smile. <laughs> it is I, child. Yeah, no, Keonthi's just like, oh. <laughs> I am merely borrowing this vessel to convey a message. I mean, she wasn't gonna question it because, you know. When she calls, she call. You don't say no to goth mom when it's that important. Like, right, I guess you need her life experience. Go for it. Burn it up. <laughs> but she's like, oh. Oh. You. I have borrowed Kayanthi for the meantime to speak with you on important matters. You are lucky I was able to use my powers to pull you back. No one's doing anything, mom. <laughs> no. Sit. I am sending Kayanthi away. This is part of her journey and must be completed from her place of comfort. She is already grown too complacent. I must send her away to meditate on the truths of reality and my meaning so she can adequately wield the weight of the sword. And then Brianthi takes out the hilt mm -hmm. and places it on the ground in front of you. And Kiara, obviously, feeling caught. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> she sort of, like, she looks at the sword, and she looks at Biotract, and her hands haven't really moved out of her lap just yet. Like, obviously, she wants to be in motion to obey, but um, there's, like, a hesitance, and rather than question why, she rephrases what she says to be her part in slaying the dragon was not to your satisfaction. Gandhi will perish if she uses the sword at its full potential. Mind and body will shatter, and she will be nothing but ash. That is the power of the Sword of Ages, as it forces mortality upon those it strikes. Well, 
specifically the dragons in question. And so I'm to hold on to it until she's ready to wield it? Because of your proximity to the matter and your able body, I am entrusting you with this blade until she is ready. Aye. And she kind of thinks back to the to the case that she's been carrying, and she's just like, Aye. And she reaches for it and just rather carefully takes it. Because she accepts that she's been giving, she's been given a tool that is as dangerous to her as it is to her friend. But she's like, how long? I don't know. Depends on how well Kaothi takes the truths. How well she can adapt to her reality and keep her sense of self in the onslaught of the universe. Which obviously is hard to calculate. And Kiara thinks about... Like, she sort of, like, stews on that for a moment. And will she be going immediately, or will I be telling the others? Kathy will have time to tarry. She is delicate and must make her own goodbyes before she goes. Leave it to her to make her own goodbyes. How or if she says goodbyes is of no concern to me. Kira has like a little bit of like a tight smile. She's like all in her bo- in her mind. She's like, hopefully she's better at them than I am. <laughs> hopefully she does them at all. <laughs> it's like a little tight. <laughs> now, since I have need of you and her body as keeper of the sword, I will use my own powers to direct. I will use my own powers to deflect the attention of this ancient being of whom you have indebted yourself to, but I cannot contend directly. Kiara recognizes that's a favor, so she's like, Only if it pleases you, goddess. I don't do anything that doesn't please me. Oh yeah, you have Evelius's amulet and now the sword. So uh, after that, Briante rises up and walks away and she goes to Keanthe's bedroll and lies down. Got an amulet and a sword. <laughs> you have several long minutes to digest all of that. The night, the night chills the air and the stars drift across the sky. You write in your journal and draw some things in it before there is a soft crunch in the woods. The sound of footsteps. You tense and then squint in the darkness. With your drow vision, you easily make out the silvery outline of a large quadruped. The tail of a lion in a silvery white mane and a long glittering horn atop its head. Pixies and small fae flutter around it in a buzz as it gracefully treads the landscape. Minicorn turns her head and you see long lashes set around deep purple eyes. Kiara loves everything that glitters, so this is just like eye candy. She spares you a long look, and in silence you look back. Mesmerized by this otherworldly beauty, time seems to grow still and slow. Unicorn. Then, as soon as it came, the unicorn silently tiptoes into the folds of the woods. Immediately tries to sketch it out inside of her little booklet, like, that was so cool. (laughs) Um, I do, like, have a question out of character. So I'm honestly, I think Kaothi wouldn't tell everyone about what's about. Well, I mean, I don't know, because you told well, Beatrix told Kiara 
that Keonthi was going to go. So, I don't know if Keonthi would feel like it's time to tell them that she's going to leave. So I kind of wonder if she's going to keep it to herself or she's going to try and announce it. Out of character, that's going to be great because while your character percolates on that, my character is going to not so, but probably very subtly sort of imbue teeny little nuggets of guilt to be like, oh, yeah, I wish I said goodbye to my mom. Yeah, it was really terrible just to disappear. <laughs> like, I remember I said goodbye to my friends and it was quite heartbreaking because they never expected I never even said goodbye. <laughs> I okay. never sent out those letters. <laughs> I guess my real question is, does Kayanthi know she's going to be leaving and, you know... Yeah. Alright, good good question. She does give you flexibility on when you can go. It's just generally soon. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, she comes back and clarifies. <laughs> Basically, after she finished talking to Kiara, she poked her head in Kiara's dream. Oh, by the way, I forgot this one thing I mentioned. There's a calendar in her hand and a small little highlight. It's like, I'm just gonna hang this in your mind palace and... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like cool. decorated with spider webs and stuff. Little spiders that look like hearts. Yeah, Kathy's trying to move past keeping things to herself, so she's going to want to tell everyone. Yeah, sure. So, when everyone's sitting down eating breakfast, the campfire, you know, you can just make your announcement. You. Yeah, you see me gather with towards everybody else but i'm like leaning forward as i'm walking forward and you see i'm like holding my spirit friend's hands as they're like walking and i'm walking i'm just like kind of like walking like this like you guys can actually come for breakfast now (laughs) (laughs) that's so sweet oh i'm gonna die (laughs) what you kind of see is like is is it okay if i describe what I think they look like. So, like, they kind of look like like the atypical, like, fairies, where they're, like, they have pointed ears. They're very, like, androgynous. So, like, they don't, don't really lean towards feminine or masculine. They're, like, somewhere in between. And, um, they have, uh, yeah, and I think they're still a little, like, translucent, and they give off like this like kind of like faint glow of like this bluish green like glow and um and like their hair and their skin kind of like uh form into like one like point like there isn't like a an actual like hairline they're all just like kind of one just kind of like this shimmering glow mm. of these fairies that have these little tiny wings on them, but they don't feel like using it because they're walking over. Um, I imagine them Barbie nude. Oh, that's they cute. So, are they like Barbie nude? Do they have any sort of clothing? Features or so, they probably are like marbled, like, so it looks really cool. Yeah. The elves from Fantasia. Ah, uh, yeah. That's kind of guys going around. I'm actually drawing them, so I'm, I'll post yeah. it. All right, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, everyone's gathering up around the campfire for breakfast. They got their, you know, plates out, they're munching on food. Is my exhaustion fixed, or do I have to rest oh, longer? Yeah, yeah. yeah, your, oh, your yeah. exhaustion's gone. 
Your party people. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you've rested. Okay, I'm rested. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Great. All right. So, Kathy, uh, as everyone's eating, I'm sure people are chatting, especially now we have our new friends, more NPCs with the, <laughs> the spirits. It's a pretty big party. I'm, I'm, I'm eating, and I'm just like, I'm glad we're all together. <laughs> <laughs> Caravan trying to eat his breakfast, but probably his siblings keep on eating off of it, and he's like, "Stop! No. <laughs> you have your Fine. own plate. Yeah, you want some? No. Yeah, but I want yours. <laughs> Give it back." Nuali reaches over and steals one. Oh, he's going to sit in between Aravan and her, the siblings and kind of just be in the way, be like, "Oh, what are you today?" <laughs> Bodyguard, literally. Yeah, so you settle yourself in between the siblings, and um, they attempt to, like, reach around you, but you're too quick for them. And um, Nuwali is just like, well, I guess I'm just eating off my own plate. Mm, just like the rest of us, huh? <sighs> she just looks like... She just looks at you. It just tastes better when it's his. <laughs> It tastes so much sweeter. Being a rogue, I suppose. It tastes better when you take it from someone else. Um, Favorite tastes like victory. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, either way, yeah. So, Kayanthi is, um, basically, she's just sitting right next to Aravan, eating quietly. Um, uh, Ellie said, isn't it great we're all eating together? You know, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. so I want to play off of that. Um, alright, so... After Ellie says how great it is to be together, and Kathy's just going to bring up, uh, basically going to say, um, it is good, especially after everything that just happened. I was really tired after yesterday. Everyone's just like, I mean, yeah, you should be. You, uh, I mean, yeah, you kicked major butt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I saw you exhausted. I mean, if we didn't. If we didn't have you, we probably wouldn't be able to defeat that dragon. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it was just me being able to find that piece of the sword, which is really, really took me out. I, I don't know. If something like that happened again, would it be the same, or would I just be? You know, she can't really finish the sentence. Um. She's like leaning a bit on Aravan because she's kind of like, ah, I gotta work up to this, but I don't know what to say. Mm. Well, a sword isn't much if nobody's wielding it. Um, um. Kiara just has this thing where when she's eating, she's actually just looking dead on directly at Kayanthi. So if they're sitting across each <laughs> other, just like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know yeah, it's coming, don't worry. <laughs> Alright, I'm dad. I forgot. I'm dad. <laughs> yeah. I think much, we tend to like tag out. I was on I'm mom, your dad now. I'm your dad, I'm mom now. <laughs> much like Michael in in real life, just like nothing going on in Ellie's brain, just flatline, just eating food, enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the kids about the changing internet now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyway. So by seeing uh Kiara stare at her, Kathy just kinda sits up again, is like, okay, well, What's that about? I don't know. I should just probably just get this out. It's very neutral look, so it's more creepy than if she were frowning. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very neutral look, so it's a little more creepy than if she was frowning, like, intense stares. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, So Kanthi stops leaning on Aravan and just kind of stands up in front of everyone very suddenly and just kind of 
She looks into uh, the fire pit, I suppose, that everyone's basically sitting around. Uh-huh. And she just says, I know that time's going to come again very soon when we'll have to use it, but I feel as though it's something that I need to do, but I'm so unequipped. What happened yesterday was sudden, out of need. But if... Uh, I can't be put out like that. If that was just one piece of the sword, imagine the rest of it. In my hands. I... I, I fear what could happen. I... I spoke with Brio Chirac last night. She warned me of that. That it could be worse the next time. And there will be a next time, I know. But I also don't want to run from this anymore, but... Once I can, I have to leave. It's not because of anything outside or inside. It's just... It's just the truth. And I can't run from it anymore. Luna will kind of put, like, a comforting arm around Chianti. Well, because of how Kiara is just, like, staring at Chianti, the fact that thou had, like, no, like, she just sort of nods. Like, I get it. Get the feeling that she already knew. <laughs> it's like, no, where, wherever you leave, we can, we can come with you. You don't have to do this alone. It's not that I'm doing it alone, don't you? Briochirac spoke to me, and and she is guiding me. And I'm certainly not alone. Like, I told her, from the way that we act as a group, it's hard to keep us away from each other. And she kind of fiddles with the bracelet on her arm with the, the flashing lights. It's not like I'll be leaving so permanently, perhaps. Either way, there's more that needs to be done, and I don't want to have you wait for me. Because there's already so much we have to do. Erevan grabs your hand and doesn't say anything for a moment, but then he asks, Well, what will you be doing or going? A pilgrimage, I suppose the word is. When I started this journey, I was on a pilgrimage, trying to figure out what I could do in this world. But I never knew. And I still don't know what will hide beyond the, the other side of this. But it is... I trust in Briochirac, and I trust in myself, mostly, because before I had no idea. I followed blindly, I moved with worry. But I believe now, if I can, I can move with purpose, and that's what I need to do. But of course, to move forward, I would have to leave this interesting place. Just kind of looks around. So, this is not goodbye, it's just a heads up, I suppose. Thank you for that. Kiara, I just thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Wow, I didn't realize I felt that way. Sometimes you just have to talk, I guess. I. <laughs> <laughs> A knowing I. 
Anyway, I, she just can't be sits back down and just kind of like goes back to her food. I am quite hungry. I'm just gonna eat my food now. I'm just embarrassed. You'll do well, you know. Ends the conversation about her. Go on, Kiara I'm sort of just Kiara just sort of still stares at her. It's like, oh, you'll do well, you know. You're chosen for a reason. Hopefully, I become more acquainted with that reason as I go. Aravan and Theron and Nualia all become very quiet and contemplative as they are unsure as to what to add to that. Ellie becomes very quiet too. <laughs> yeah, so there's, you know, an adequate amount of like awkward munching on, you know, snacks and nuts and whatever you have around <laughs> and you know, avoiding eye contact and kind of slow nodding and then one of the kids comes over <laughs> and he tugs Nualia's sleeve and mouths something to her. <laughs> Wait, what did he mouth? I'm bored. Can't you play? <laughs> when are we going? And then Nualia just kind of shoes him away. And then she points and go play with the other kids. And- Let's play tag. And if you don't want to play tag, there's salamanders. Or maybe something other than salamanders. It's the Feywilds. Woo, mystery. <laughs> <laughs> And after that, everyone packs up, and they start heading towards the town of Foer. Then on the horizon and sort of thing, you see it. You see a little village beginning to take form. And after that, everyone packs up, and they start heading towards the town of Fower. Like sour. Then on the... Mm-hmm. A horizon and sort of thing you see it you see it, and a little village beginning to take form so the village of Fower is lovely the merging of homes and landscape has never been happier the village has a winding path that is little more than a footpath that has been traversed many times over the village square is an open meadow with little canopies of woven leaves and fallen wood that have been procu- that has been procured and cut into tables. Baskets from woven reeds of different colors, leaves, and grasses are displayed on the table. Um, fresh berry pies waft through the air. You can see a potter with a kindling at work. Uh, she has this gorgeous copper skin and a, a spray of of red leaves for hair. There are carpenters at work as like a family. Of, it's, they seem to be pulling in like a fallen, another fallen log and they're putting up the uh, framing of a house over on the side. And there's a baker that comes out of her shop and she has like an outdoor table that she displays her baking process on. Like this seems to be like a thing that everyone does. Like they all kind of come to the square and they start doing their crafts like publicly and um you you see uh, merchants barking at their stalls there's a painter at work over in the canopy of a shaded tree there's a group of blue cows Uh, the town is bustling Uh, you see pixies creatures you've never seen before with blue skin white skin long wings of butterflies damselflies skin that's rough like bark you see a long-limbed being with a pig head and spindly arms dragging along a pickaxe uh, covered uh, there's one with the hat that has a 
a candle on it, and the candle wax is dripping down one side. You can see this really grumpy looking fellow with a red cap and iron shoes. He's just almost hissing in the corner, and you just see Faye of all colors and sizes, and most of all, you see Eldrin. Um, Elliot is just kind of um, slack-jawed as she's just like kind of looking around and seeing all these Eladrin, all these people who look just like her and um, for the very first time she feels normal and um, I think like and like not even like triggered by any like emotion her her leaves start to like turn like a red and she starts to kind of just like kind of blend in with the like the rest of the party it's like hey just for the occasion eh <laughs> I mean, usually this doesn't happen. Usually it's my emotions, but I just, I guess. Feels like it fits. Your emotions could be resonating with the people around you. You're vibing. It's <laughs> the vibe. The vibe. Vibe check. Okay, vibe. <laughs> And they make up the majority of this town. Um, there's a potter, the potter, and um, the, the male with her. Then there's like a, the painter off in the distance. There's a weaver who's an Eldrin. You actually see a tiefling who is a mason. He works with uh, carving up stone into um, bricks. Then uh, you see the baker is out and she's just tossing her bread or, or you know, kneading the dough giving a demonstration and you see another Eladrin, you know, an older one, he is working with them by twining some rope together and it's just big and you also see there's some uh, carpenters at work who are putting up a new house and getting the framework together so they're just big bustling city Ellie is going up to anybody that's closest and is just gonna exude super extrovert energy and just gonna be like hi what's your name uh what are you working on I see you like to craft things I like to craft things too <laughs> hi I'm Ellie I just came into town we're here with a tree person but anyway I see that you're crafting something Okay. Yeah. So you approached the potter, and uh, she's an Eladrin who's uh, up in the years, and she, as you come over to her, she kind of backs up a little, she doesn't know what to exactly do with all that word vomit coming at her, and she was spinning uh, on a potter's wheel, a clay pot that she was forming, and she was adding designs into it by taking a wooden knife to make leaf patterns in it and you come over and startle her the, the blade goes askew she I'm Mona and who are you? 
<laughs> Super child, who's your parents? <laughs> not even blinking. Did you get into the sugar cane this morning, Smeefy? <laughs> I was in the middle of working on this, but now here you are. That's really cool. <laughs> well, thank you. I I make a lot of pots, and she you know goes turns around and there's this big like rack of just pottery of all kinds shapes and sizes some are like big urns some are little pots some she even made a little couple of teapots and there's a, a male behind her who is looks like stoking the flames of one of the kindlings and mona says that there is my husband olin and that's patel yvonne and lear and these three eladrin male elves are uh like just Attending to the clay before it is made, um, it has to be processed. And then Mona turns around, gestures, well, um, have a look around. We got, um, Treve, the painter, we got, uh, Weaver, uh, Ionyel. Uh, we got uh, our mason, Kyxes, who is, is the only tiefling around. He's, uh, tall and, um, uh, orange. We got, um, Baker Cream. I think that right thank well. You. Yeah, thank you. Sort of looks indicatively at the kids, like, oh, see, it's nice, huh? Nice people. <laughs> Fun arts and crafts projects. You can make a new goofy wolf thing. <laughs> Why do I feel like this is us, like, inviting the kids to Disneyland? Like, I'll see, you can play on the teacups. Yeah, go find yourself a stitch doll. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, Maki takes his his bag of rocks and he scurries over to the mason and starts to just watch him work with wide yeah. eyes. And slowly he scoots over and scoots over oh. and stares. Oh no. Hops up right around. <laughs> yeah, like he hops up and then he just dumps out of his rocks and says, I hear, do you like rocks? And the Mason's like, uh, yeah, I like rocks. What about you? Do you. Do you have an interest in becoming a Mason? And Maki just goes, yes! The bag of rocks just click. <laughs> May I present to you my portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> he starts pulling the other rocks and he's like, I like the shiny ones and I like the ones that go click clack when you smack them together. This is my favorite rock. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of them hit it off. You're a man of culture as well. <laughs> <laughs> And you look over and see the shiny. I like them. <laughs> they have cool be. textures. He pulls out a shiny. Yeah. <laughs> Move. He pulls out a shiny one and proudly displays it. There's a thing where he like just itches his leg because just yes, you know yes, because child, child movement. <laughs> Think they're uh-huh. neat. Uh-huh. And he just keeps throwing rock after rock after rock. Chewie comes over and then she she watches the baker at work and sees her knead the dough and flip it over and then knead the dough and flip it over and Chewie says you get to and then punch the the dough Chewie comes over you get to punch stuff all day I want to do that did you wash your hands (laughs) the baker laughs turns points at her 
prestidigitation. And she leans back and lights up her pipe and says, Well, I won't turn that ar- that away. Mm-hmm. Really? I will say no. I love it. <laughs> Free child labor. <laughs> what a bargain. Your work. <laughs> yeah, and you can see after that, you see, like, Jinta goes over and is associating with, like, the weaver and their oh. daughter and they the two little girls start to um compare accessories and over there you can see uh rashid is, is just quietly watching the carpenters at work uh targi approaches the baker and they start conversing and basically from what you can hear that um the kids are are welcome, um, as far as both of them know, but they also know that they need to get permission from the town leader, who is a person named Marin, and they gesture to the pond. You see uh, a beautiful, beautiful creature that is sitting in, um, like, there's a pond. She has opalescent skin, shining white hair. Oh, Kiara's already seen a unicorn today, man. Come on, this is a lot. <laughs> Long, beautiful eyelashes. She is beautiful, not like the sun or flowers, but like the bursts of childhood imagination or the first heart thrums of pure love. As she sings by the village pond, the water shimmers to her voice. Can you swear you can hear a tinkle in response as a quiet duet? Side note, this is the mayor. I can see why she's the mayor. <laughs> Next to her is an Eladrin elf. He is a male. Um, he's the painter. His name's Treve. He has on his hip like a variety of unique tools. And he's trying to paint her. But you just see this look of despair and just anguish because he can't quite get it right. Or glitter over it. It's really hard to capture the beauty. It's 2D. She's so three-dimensionally, if not six-dimensionally beautiful. Yeah, she is quite the sight to behold. She has a wheelchair to sit in because she has a long tail for swimming. And so on land, she needs a wheelchair. And then she's also like super preggers. And she looks at the group and she looks at the children kind of integrating themselves. And she goes, oh, we found more foundlings. Oh, this is this is wonderful. Oh, we already have several of them in our community. We get Milkaixis and Bowen and so many others. All they need to do is find their place. Has Kian attached to anyone? You know, Kian's been a bit aloof. He... You know, has been holding on to his wolf pup. He's been sticking pretty close to baby Moss. And as the other children have been finding interest in, you know, what, uh, you know, what's going on in the village and, you know, f- forming connections, you know, immediately. Um, Kian, you look around, you don't see him and you look about and I just think you, you see him like under a tree. So maybe you want to go and uh, check out check him out see how he's doing uh, <laughs> so you walk over to uh, his spot under the tree and you know him well enough to know that he's trying to put on like a tough boy act because he like has his wolf and he goes oh, I mean it's just a new place so I don't know what to think about it yet it's looking like it's kind of nice place though kind of makes you want to stick around I mean I guess it's nice. 
It's better than, you know, roughing it in the woods all the time. So, I mean, maybe I could, maybe I could just stick around here. Really? And looks like a lot of your friends have started to grow roots here. With lots of interests. Anything stick out to you? Kian is visibly distressed, and as a child, it's it's fairly obvious to you. He he's holding his wolf plushie, and he has his knees tucked up to him. He's looking pretty much anywhere but you. When you sit next to him, he doesn't shy away though, and he says, "Well, I don't know, maybe a sword smith would be pretty cool, or maybe I could make wolf puppies." Yeah. He, you watch him again struggle for words as he squirms next to you and plays with his plushie and what that why isn't that isn't why i'm over here everyone else just seems to be happy to be here but i don't know how to feel because i just don't want stuff to change anymore like what if my friends forget about me like my parents roa i don't want you to go well, and she just sort of looks at him and she's just like, if you ever do find yourself on the other side, or if we never escape here, I'll come right back. But if you ever find yourself on the other side, you can look for me. And I don't know if she has anything that she could keep up. Hold on! <laughs> we need to make a touching moment. <laughs> I don't have anything for him. Just nothing! We're talking about Boba again. <laughs> Stall for time. Don't tempt me. Um. She kind of like looks at him and she's like. She, she kind of thinks about it and, um. You know, braiding? Where like you braid a little piece of someone's hair into yours? Um, she sort of like, uh, she sort of like sits down because like he's a little shorter, so she sits and she's like, "I'll tell you what. If you can't find me, if you can't get to the outside and find me, so we can talk, or if we do end up going and so I don't come back, how about this? We stick together in another kind of way." And she's like, "I'll. All right. So." You see our hair and you see mine? Mm-hmm. And so she sort of like does this little thing where she summons her little blade and she just sort of like cuts a little bit of her hair. And she's like, oh, this hair is a lock. It's to keep someone that is not around closer to you. Even though you can't see them, it's a little bit of like touch and base so you don't forget or you feel a little closer when you have moments where you're not sure if you're scared or if you're feeling lonely if you're just wanting just a little bit of a boost you braid this either into your hair or you wear it as a little bracelet but I get the feeling that you probably want it to be a little closer right? just nods mm -hmm. yeah and so she just sits there she's like do you mind? So, like, hold out a piece that you don't mind parting with, or if that you want me to braid into. He pulls a, a piece from the back. 
And so she sort of just braids hers into his and ties a little end. Aww. She's like, and when your hair grows out and gets too long, you can always tie it at both ends to a bit of card and you can wear it. It's a bracelet that you can adjust as you get older and older till eventually you don't feel you need it as much. He touches it and you know he has like a little Padawan <laughs> braid. And then you feel his little arms go around you as he hugs you. And she just sort of does that thing where she like puts her hand on his back and like hugs him a little. It's sort of like the the like bro hug that you tend to do or that she usually does, but it's like mm-hmm. 18 times more gentle than like Small. <laughs> So it's just like Small. soft, soft, soft. Yeah. Small. Just <laughs> well um, I mean I can't leave Moss now, can I? I mean someone's gotta be looking out for her. So yeah. I guess I can stick it out here. Yeah, touches touches the braid a little bit. Yeah. And she sort of just like strains in hair and she's like did very well in this venture. And you're going to do well in others. Right? Okay. After that you spend a little more time with Kian until he settles down and then you know, you make sure he's okay, and then you go back to the party. And once you regroup with Ellie, Luna, and Kayanthi, Derek Braden approaches you. She looks puzzled, like she has a conundrum to solve. She says, Kiara, I've been thinking of a way to get us out here. She sort of gestures generally, you know, as nice as it, as it is, I ought to get home at some point. Some point. Granted, I like the option to leave when I please, not that I'm rearing to go immediately. This place is, is rather nice. She kind of turns and looks and you know, admires the, the just the general beauty uh, nature of nature around them, which is, look, I got a mage friend, real well learned, read lots of books. Studying off book. Sounds in line with mages. <laughs> I, well, he's certainly well read, knows about eight languages, can talk magical theory for hours and hours, and he's from the Empire. Um, Ellie apparently has some sort of connection to him because uh, her spirit friends said go find Eulamese and um, turns out same person. But anyway, anyway, besides the point, um, he might be able to help us out. We just have to be able to contact him somehow, maybe with a magic mirror or, or something. Um, and then we, you know, could possibly have him help us. I know he could probably get us out. We just need to get word to him first, because, I mean, honestly, I got, I got nothing. None of my spells could really get us out of here, and it's... She kind of, like, rambles on for a little bit, and, um, well, I don't know, perhaps it would be best if we utilized, you know, the local thing. They probably will get it easier. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that it might be easier to just smooze one of the fae that's already here. Because, I mean, it's just going to be easier in the long run. Because, I mean, just let's face it, getting, getting, getting in contact with the Elamaze is a long shot anyhow. Kiara has this look towards Ellie and it's like, oh, you should tell her about the jailbreak. <laughs> well, we do, I mean, we can. It has to be really subtle. <laughs> And it's like, 
cursory look over his shoulder. He's listening. <laughs> I mean, it's a village. <clears throat> no one's really paying attention. There's a bunch of kids. Hola. I mean, I don't think we need to be too secretive or too lawful about a about the Feywild that's all in chaos. That's true. For for all for all they know, we could be baking a cake. <laughs> we could be conspiring to bake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Just a cake. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, Kiara sort of looks to um. Deirdre and just she's so in Abyssal she's like oh you speak Abyssal? of course I speak Abyssal um <laughs> I'm sorry, sure I want to do without Abyssal so that sounds like a great plan we can get you that we're just going to have to add that into our plan on how we're going to be getting a friend of ours um out of Fair Queen Prison oh well, that's an interesting bit of challenge there. Huh. Um, I haven't gotten that one before. Which, since you are of the studied type, I'm under the impression that you would be a great asset to our endeavors. <laughs> she's saying this all in abyssal, too, so she's just like, oh, Ayo, but we got this plan. <laughs> yeah, she responds in abyssal, uh, so you get this guttural, like, deep language back, and she's like, well, honestly, a lot of my spells are research-based, so they just go about, you know, making things more practical for me, so I could, you know, maybe do some right. illusions for you, or some, um, augmentation mm. of your ability. So we'd be having to get you guys out before our little shindig. I will. I can- I've survived a dragon fight, so I can probably survive whatever's thrown at me here, but, um, you know, if we could circumvent that with, um, you know, contacting the outside mm -hmm. with, say, a magic mirror, you know, maybe... Do you think a mirror like that would be around here, or...? Ugh, no, I should have picked up Sendin when I could. Mm. But, um, I couldn't say, to be honest, but it's the Feywild. You know, it's, uh, magics here are very common. Perhaps, you know, you know people around here have them everywhere. Mm. And it would have to be a mirror. It can't be like an enchanted pond or reflective surface. It would have to be a actual rune enchanted item. I, well, right? I mean, I suppose I mean, it could work with any reflective surface. But you have to set it up. I, I could use a pond. But, you know, I mean, you gotta put the runes where in the ground where the dirt can be, you know, messed up or must, and then you gotta start over again. It's a little more touchy than object. I, uh, yeah. Alright. Uh, looks back in the direction of where her, where her potential estate was. Yeah, you wouldn't have had something like that. <laughs> well... Valio certainly had his trinkets, but I don't think he had uh, a magic mirror. Probably would get you stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would make a fairly good prison. No. <laughs> Won't put him in it. Probably want to trap people, so... Nah. No, no option there. Um, yeah, probably best if we opt for other options. And then in, like, in common to everyone else, ideas. <laughs> Just, like... She knows what she said. She knows what she said. 
They don't. <laughs> well, just goes into a different language already. Any ideas? For the mirror. For the mirror. <laughs> Looks at the blank faces across the room. For the mirror. I mean, if we're invited to the queen's court, you think the queen would have a mirror at her establishment that it would be to the caliber of what we need? Gosh, what I've been saying. She hopes so if she wants to call herself a queen of anything. If she does, it's gonna be, you know, kept, you know, fairly locked up, probably. She seems the type to use it in the morning to, uh, to brush her hair. Well, I mean, she's, from what I hear, she's plenty vain enough to have a room dedicated to mirrors alone. But I could see that Luna's about to pass out, so... Yeah. We might want to find an inn to tuck her into so she could get some sleep. It late, she tired, she's just like... Why, mm. <laughs> it's very late for her. Right, right. Um, Alright, plan in tomorrow. Bye. Alright, we will end there. Stay tuned for hilarious side chat. <laughs> you say that, and then the shirt becomes more visible. I was like, ah, I see. He speaks. Because <laughs> you have a shirt that looks like a monster. Or, or. <laughs> Hold. <laughs> Wait, show me the shirt again. Arp. What's Arp. that from? This is from one of the games I worked on, called Everwing. Okay, okay. It reminded me of, I think his name was Eduardo from Foster Time for Mexico. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw that, I was like, oh. he does. He does look very much like Eduardo. Oh. Now I have, for a moment, that little clip where um, Eduardo is saying, I like potatoes, and... Uh, Cheese is just screaming, I like chocolate milk! And he just progressively gets more terrified of saying, I like potatoes. <laughs> I like chocolate milk. Have you ever I had like chocolate potatoes. milk made from potatoes? No, but potato bread pretty bad. Is potato milk really good? Potato well, milk. all I know is I've had chocolate potato milk. I was in Utah, which explains a lot, but <laughs> I got it from my grandpa. I think he had a friend who owns a farm up there and they gave us some potato chocolate milk. I just remember the experience of it, not the taste. Uh, oh, oh, I was gonna ask if it was good. It's probably like thick like oat it's milk. Chocolate versus the flakes of potato floating around. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Texture, it's like boba, you know? Mm. It's potato. just like boba. <laughs> potato chip chocolate milk. Bobo, boba and the fact that I do not understand why people would put that in a drink, but that's just me. Because tapioca is in pudding. Why not it's, put it in something runnier? <laughs> it's like half of gummies in your drink. It's like it's like a toy in your drink. But it's softer than gummy bears that you put in your ice cream. It don't. Well, you have to like spit back out because you're not eating that. I'm not. I'm eating all of it. I will I eat, eat all of it. I'm with Christian. I hate it. It's just disruptive when I drink. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just want a drink. I don't want. You get yeah. a drink and a snack. I get. I both just worlds, want baby. my snacks and drinks separate. So I. Cause like, just put it on the side. Cause like you're sipping through the straw, you're enjoying the drink, and then it inevitably every time you get like a bunch, and then you get stuck in the straw, and then you're just. Ugh.
So what I you have like, to do, Michael, is you have to get food. one drink with no boba, and then one drink with not only boba, but egg pudding, the aloe chunks, and then the popping boba, and just make it a circus in one drink, and then one so that she can wash it down. So you gotta get two drinks for Tiffany now, so that she understands, and also isn't losing out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just like the fact that as soon as Kenna left the call, we weren't on a time crunch anymore. We can talk about boba as much as we like during the session. <laughs> Me hungry. What talkie? <laughs> all right, we're okay. all good. Right. Hello, this is Tiffany, your DM. Thank you so much for listening to Dungeon Damsels. We really appreciate all your support. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps us out. And if you're interested, we also have a Patreon as well as um, a podcast version of our show. You can find it on Spotify, TuneIn, Podcast, Podbay, Podbean, and pretty much where pod anywhere where podcasts are. <laughs> Thank you again so much, and hope to hear from you soon. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're gonna get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.